Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York at the first of a series of future payments town hall meetings that's being hosted by the Federal Reserve Financial Services Branch. Right now, I'm speaking with Sean Rodriguez and Terry Roth, who both are involved with the Federal Reserve Financial Services Branch, to talk a little bit about some of the discussion today surrounding the future of payments in the United States. Sean, I'd like to start with you. Could you talk specifically about why we need to have faster payments in the U.S.? Thanks, Tracy. I think what we've seen around the world is evolution towards faster payment options. Of course, we've been paying attention to that. We've been listening to stakeholders. We've been observing you know, non-bank providers in our marketplace that are, in essence, creating or simulating these real-time payment capabilities within some of their closed-loop networks. So we're seeing a lot of information that's telling us that faster payments, a real-time payment capability, is likely something that would benefit the U.S. economy as a whole in the United States. Terry, you could answer this question. How can or will faster payments help to reduce fraud? We're adopting or our direction is toward a credit push network. So the bank that you'll be dealing with will know that this is good funds. They'll know that this is you, and they're going to push the funds to the other entity or the the, uh, receiver bank and ultimately the receiver. So the need for, you know, validation, the need for returns, uh, this isn't a debit pull instrument, it's a credit push instrument, which should have much less, you know, less authentication, authentication of the individual. It'll it'll solve the risk of knowing your receiver. Um, So there should be much less fraud in this. That said, we need to have the right security. One of the things that came up during the discussion today were some different ways that the future of payments or the infrastructure could be expanded or built upon. Could you talk a bit about the way IP networks could be used to help clear payments between banks and what some of the security challenges there might be? Let me start in terms of one of the models that we did study was a direct exchange through the Internet uh, between financial institutions. And there's, the first challenge is the security challenge, to make sure we have absolutely uh, bulletproof security. Uh, the second challenge really is is this would mean that uh, we wouldn't have a central switch. We would just have uh, every entity would be clearing with every other entity in the country. And, you know, that works for the top, 25 banks, would it work for the bottom 10,000 banks and financial institutions, credit unions? And and our belief is, is as we went through it, it may be a future payment system. It's not ready for prime time yet. And so we've dismissed that as a priority in terms of an avenue we're going to continue to pursue. And that was based on our consultant engagement as well. Something else that was discussed quite a bit today is actually how some of this would be implemented. So we're talking about revamping the U.S. payments infrastructure and the possibility that perhaps some of this could be built upon an existing network, such as the ACH network or the PIN debit networks, or building something entirely new. Sean, can you tell us what direction the Fed is kind of leaning toward right now? At the moment, our leanings are towards building new infrastructure. We've talked about several variations of that kind of in a phased approach where we would start with a new infrastructure that would be a messaging layer that would enable real-time information exchange about a payment and then settlement to happen later on perhaps current rails, ACH, wire, or net settlement system of some sort. So that kind of would be a phase one. A phase two might be a settlement to be included 
in the real-time payment capability. So it would be not only the information, but the payment and the settlement of the payment all happening in real time. So understanding that there's a lot of infrastructure that would have to change to enable that, that might be a longer-term solution. And then thirdly, perhaps a third and final phase of this infrastructure build may be incorporating the RTGS capability on that same payment rail or creating a separate instance of that payments capability for the high-value transactions that obviously require more oversight, monitoring, supervision, and security and the like. Sean, this is a question you could answer, or Terry, you could answer this as well. We've talked about so much today, and when we talk about overhauling the U.S. payments infrastructure, that's a pretty mighty task. How long do you think it will take to implement some of these changes that the Fed is reviewing right now? Well, neither of us are wizards and have great crystal (laughs) balls, but I think based on the enthusiasm we are enjoying in the industry thinking about all of these issues, I think if you asked Terry and I this question three or four months ago, we were not too optimistic about a time frame here, given that we didn't have a lot of industry buzz or excitement about it. But in the last three or four months, that's changed. We do have a lot of industry activity, engagement, discussions, and enthusiasm for doing something. So given that, I think we're both more optimistic about perhaps being able to get some kind of design agreed upon in the next year to 18 months and then to build and test and implement maybe another 18 to 24 months on top of that. So three to five years, three to four years time frame feels pretty good if we have the support that we seem to be enjoying at this moment. My hope is that we have, working at the industry, we have a detailed design, working through all the various work streams we have to do faster payments, at least a straw man for the industry by mid-year next year. And then you know, that would include then the timeline of when we would pilot, when we would test, and when we would potentially implement. So that's a pretty ambitious timeline. I would note that some of our colleagues that we met with a few weeks ago at a payments roundtable suggest we finish that by September. <laughs> and uh, I pointed out to them, I'm not sure we quite have the skill set to get it done that quickly. Right. <laughs> also, when we talk about payments in the U.S., of course, it's not just financial or traditional financial players that are involved now. You have a lot of these non-bank players that are involved in the payments landscape. PayPal, of course, comes to mind, but PayPal's been out there for a long time. How are you communicating with some of these non-bank or non-traditional financial players and getting them involved in this initiative? Sure. One of our areas of focus, obviously. Intently, we've been trying to engage with them in one-off conversations about all these activities as well as having them participate in certainly all the Fed-sponsored gatherings relative to these issues. Uh, And they've been fairly open and candid and willing to participate and very helpful in the whole dialogue. From a security perspective, some of the recent breaches that we've seen on the retail side of the house have really kind of brought to the forefront the need to devalue data, card data, within the system, and that would be at the POS as well as data that's being transmitted. What are some of the recommendations or the steps that the Fed is reviewing now when it comes to devaluing data? I think from a payment security landscape study we did, we identified it as a Uh, perhaps a to-do, that there needs to be more work done on that. So it's uh, one of the key takeaways, key findings of that security landscape study we did. And of course, we're vetting that with the industry now, but believe that's going to make the top list of of items to to do further work on. And my hope in the industry is that we move to a solutions across all payment and all new payment systems where there is not customer-specific information in the clear. 
and today that occurs far too often, and it's part of the concern we have that when there's a breach. And I would hope when we develop a faster solution, that would be solved as part of the solution. And it's easier to build new and solve that than to fix old. You know, another area that ties in with bringing some of these different groups together and, and trying to come up with something new that makes sense for everyone ties in with some of these working groups that were proposed that both of you talked about today. Two that stood out to me related to mobile security and then just payment security generally. Could you talk a little bit about the working groups and when you think we might see some of these actually come to fruition? Well, the mobile payments uh, industry work group is already a standing industry work group at present, so we've been participating on that and uh, for some time now. But the other groups that we're envisioning, of course, we're, we're getting some of that vetting and, and input from the industry this week through these town hall meetings and through various one-off conversations. But our dream world, in my mind, would be to, in the September time frame when we're actually launching our paper, we would be able to be very definitive about those work groups, our process for populating them and managing them, et cetera. If we can have all that groundwork done and, and be able to announce it in September would be ideal. The only thing I always should say, the mobile uh, payments security work group is chaired out of our Boston office. There also were some discussions today about spearheading or considering a U.S. payments council that would comprise C-level executives. Can you give us an explanation there, Sean, or a little bit more background on what you're envisioning? Sure. Our thinking there is that CEOs of Various organizations get together in in different forms and all of that. But this dialogue that we've been trying to instigate and push along, we think would benefit from C-suite level attention with the the big rock issues like this faster payments capability, like the payment security issues, like perhaps a roadmap to international payments capabilities that are going to serve the country well. Kind of lifting up each of those work streams to a very strategic level where we can have these organizations represented at that forum where they can give us not only some great advice about what needs to be done, but also work with their constituency groups to get those key individuals at their level on board with some of the directions that are being discussed in this advisory council. So we can break down some silos. A lot of big banks, a lot of big corporations have silos that you get to the C-suite, we can have a meaningful conversation. In the end, funding and authorization to do stuff, which is what we need to have happen. It seems today that there was some discussion about the expanded role that the Fed might play in the future of payment security. I think we have, through our consultation paper responses, as well as all the interactions we've had around that, getting considerable, and I hate to use this word consensus, but it really feels that way, where people believe the Federal Reserve is the right organization to lead, catalyze, and perhaps in in some instances operate some portion of the infrastructure to help the uh, payments industry improve and get better and, and deal with security, deal with faster capabilities, deal with legacy systems, all of that. Federal Reserve plays a key role there in their mind because we don't necessarily have a commercial interest at stake here. Our interest is what's good for the country, what's good for commerce in the United States and how we interact globally and making sure that we're being good stewards of our payment system to make sure we enable capabilities that will serve the country well in the end.
And I would just add that we've articulated our consultation paper. We talked about it again today. We've got five desired outcomes in terms of looking back from the future. Let's use 10 years. You know, will we have a faster payment system? Will we have a safer uh, and more uh, payment system, more secure, a more efficient payment system, and in an international, global ready payment system? And then what is our leadership to get that done? So in my mind, those desired outcomes create a path for us in terms of to shift our role a little bit. Historically, we've looked at payments from an interbank perspective. We're now looking at it much more from an end-to-end perspective and seeing what we as the Fed can do to uh, promote the issues that Sean laid out in terms of, you know, uh, being frictionless commerce is what I would call it. I'd like to thank both of you again for your time this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Again, we've just heard from Sean Rodriguez and Terry Roth of the Federal Reserve. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.